Today we begin our series on faith, asking, what does faith mean? In a world full of fear from a pandemic, we want to have faith, but honestly, what does that mean? How do you have faith when people are getting sick and dying? Is faith ignoring social distancing directives? Is faith ignoring medical advice? Or is it completely unrelated? We are going to dive in for the next several weeks to get at the heart of the meaning of faith so we can live as God calls us to. I invite you now to hear our first scripture from Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 26. Hear now God's word. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law. For through the, though the law comes from the knowledge of sin. But now, irrespective of law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed. And it, it is attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. And from Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 and 6, God brought Abraham outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then the Lord said to him, So shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to join me in our prayer of preparation. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I really like driving on the road. I know for some people, like my wife Emily, it's not your favorite. Whenever our family is on vacation, I am the designated driver. There is no question about that. And I, I love the sense of freedom that driving brings. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. The world is your oyster. Once after graduating from high school, my friends and I were going to um, a music festival from New York to Illinois. And it was a 12-hour drive to get there, the farthest I had ever driven up to that point in life. I'd asked my dad if I could borrow the minivan so we had extra room on that long drive. My dad was understandably nervous about his teenaged son taking all of his friends in his minivan. He made me promise that I would be the only person to drive the car, and with only a, a two-hour break in the middle of the night, I drove the whole distance on my own, evening, night, and most of the next day, and it was no problem. I mostly loved it, except for those endless cornfields in Indiana. Besides that, it was great. Driving for all its freedom comes with responsibility, too, though. 
you can't just get in a car and drive. You have to learn the rules of the road. You have to have insurance and gas. You have to do regular maintenance on your vehicle. There are rules, and if you don't follow them, you won't be allowed to drive anymore. Over 20-plus years of driving, I've had my fair share of lessons to follow the rules. I've had a, a few speeding tickets. My first one was when I was just 16 on probation, so I lost my license for six months. Once I didn't notice, my inspection had inspired, and I got a ticket for that. The worst, though, was a couple of years ago when I was on a leisurely family drive. A police officer had pulled behind me, and I didn't think anything of it. After about 30 seconds, his lights came on, and I pulled over. When he came to the window, he asked if I knew my registration had expired. I had no clue, and this is what he told me. He said, you know, I have the right to impound your vehicle. I could take your car from you right now, but I'm not going to do that. Get your vehicle registered today. I'm guessing he didn't want to deal with car seats and getting a family with two young children back home, but you can bet registering my vehicle was the very first thing I did when I got home. Like driving a car, life has plenty of rules, and if you don't follow the rules, there can be some serious consequences. The problem with the rules of life, though, is that no one can follow them perfectly. No one always does the right thing. An argument with your spouse might be like getting a speeding ticket. Not following through on commitments you've made to someone is like an expired inspection sticker. Pushing people away amidst conflict is like not registering your vehicle, which I'm certainly guilty of. The rules of the road and the rules of life reveal that we all fall short. We all make mistakes. Sometimes we have trouble naming these things as sin, but if we aren't following the rules, we know we are in the wrong. The problem is, what do we do about it? How can we pretend to be Christians when we know we at least sometimes do the wrong thing? How can we say we are good people when we know we've hurt others, even people we love? Well, God offers a solution. The solution is faith. Now, plenty of people, when they hear that word, they think faith means they believe. They believe so strongly they can make things that are impossible actually happen. I went to school with a lot of international students, and one of them once said, I don't understand why my soccer team keeps losing. If I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, as Philippians 4.13 says, why can't I make my soccer team win? We could dive into that verse and its context to explain how that's not what it means, but suffice it to say that faith is not manipulating the world around you so you can get what you want. Alongside this is another way of thinking about faith called mental assent. If we simply agree with God or in our minds we accept that Jesus is Lord, some folks would say, then we have faith. We think, if we agree with the right things, God loves us, and then he'll fight for what we want. Again, this misses the point entirely. Faith calls us to something much deeper than just believing a notion about who God is. The word in the Bible we read, uh, read when we say faith is a Greek word, pistis. 
it actually can be interpreted in two different ways. One way is faith, but the other is faithfulness. It might seem like the same thing, but a much more ancient way of understanding faith is that we don't just believe in our minds, but we live it out with our lives. Over and over we see this in the scriptures. In 1 Samuel, David has a chance to kill King Saul, who is relentlessly pursuing him. But David chooses not to do it. David chooses to be righteous and to show faithfulness to the anointed king of Israel, even as that king does what is wrong. And David says, the Lord rewards everyone for his righteousness and his faithfulness. If you do the right thing, if you remain faithful, you'll be rewarded. We see the same thing play out with Jesus. Scripture celebrates repeatedly that Jesus showed faithfulness to God even to the point of death on a cross, a despised and cursed way to die. Twice in this passage in Romans 3, we come across verses that could be interpreted as righteousness coming to us through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.9 is the Apostle Paul saying, I don't have righteousness derived from the law, but because of having the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is based on Christ's faithfulness. So we don't do anything to make ourselves right with God. We can't follow the law right. We can't earn our way to heaven. We are made right with God because Jesus showed faithfulness all the way to the point of dying for us. So I've been turning this idea over and over in my head for a few years now. Faith versus faithfulness. Am I right with God because I believe? Because I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord? That feels like I'm earning my way to heaven with an act of confession. Faithfulness, though, says I have to live the way God wants me to live, and I find my way right back to earning my way to heaven. But I know I can't earn it. I will never deserve heaven no matter how much good I do or by what I say or believe. What does it mean to have faith? And that's when I came back to Abraham. Paul cites him as the first person in the biblical record to have faith. Abraham lived in Mesopotamia. It's, it's modern-day Iraq. And God called him to a new place. And Abraham responds. He picks up his family and he moves. Now, he didn't even know where he was going, but he trusted God. He trusted God's promise to him. This is not wishful thinking. This is not baseless hope. It is faith that God will do what he says he'll do. It is also faithfulness, living your life knowing that God is going to come through. It's not one or the other. It's both and. Dr. Craig Keener says it this way. If we obey to the best of our knowledge, we can rest in the reality that God will bring to pass what he has called us to do. We may not be physically moving like Abraham, 
But in the midst of a pandemic, we are certainly on a journey mentally and spiritually. What is faith and faithfulness in this time? It's sharing the good news, even when it looks like bad news is all around. It's living your life knowing that God loves you, even if you've done wrong, even if you've made mistakes. God doesn't ask you to be perfect. God calls you to follow him despite everything around you. That's faith. Trusting that Jesus' faithfulness to the point of death on a cross means you can live for God. I think back to the time when my wife, Emily, was pregnant with our first child. I was an associate pastor, and she was a, a preschool teacher. We knew Emily was going to have to stop working, so we were going through our budget, and we just didn't have enough money. We restructured our car loan and our student debt, and still we came up short. Then I called my dad to ask for help, and he said, Sorry, son, I love you, but I can't help. And that's when we turned to God. We felt called to this ministry in church. But what were we going to do? That's when we decided to trust the Lord. We didn't know the answer, but we would trust the Lord. It wasn't more than a day later that we got a surprise phone call. We would be moving to a new church that would pay exactly the amount of money we needed to live for that next year. What I've learned since then is that faith means you trust God whether you get that phone call or not. Whether you are rich or poor, you trust God. Whether you are sick or healthy, you trust God. Whether everything is right or everything is wrong, just wrong, you trust God. He will see you through, not by giving you everything you want, but by being faithful to the call he has placed in your life. We are loyal, we obey, we trust the Lord, not through our own effort, but through faith in Christ and the faithfulness Jesus showed on the cross. Amen? Amen. I invite you to join me in prayer. God, there are many needs in our community. There are many who are sick and suffering. Many feel trapped in their homes. They feel like they can't do the things that they want to do. So, Lord, in the midst of this time, we pray that we might be faithful to you, faithful to your calling, that we would exhibit faith and faithfulness as we trust in Jesus Christ and follow through on the things that you have called us to do. Bless us, Lord, in this time. Open our hearts to your will, that we might do your will in this world. And we pray now, as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 